0: Georgia, Georgia. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners city. to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It is a Thursday edition of the show where we are going to talk about which Bucks starters will play in this Week 18 matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. The Bucs have clinched the NFC South. They don't have too much to play for besides having a winning record, which I do think there is some legitimacy to that. Uh, we'll talk about all the factors that weigh in for that decision with multiple positions. I know yesterday we talked a lot about the quarterback. Today we're going to dive into some of the other groups that uh, the Bucks have on the roster. And we're going to talk about uh, some interesting comments made by Byron Lefwich and uh, other coaches today from the Advent Health Training Center. Where the Bucks practice. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow colleague at PeterReport.com, Adam Slavon. Adam, thank you for joining me today. And how are you on this Thursday?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, before we get into all the Bucks discussion and everything uh, of that nature. Um, obviously, the biggest story in the NFL right now is DeMar Hamlin on the Buffalo Bills. Very scary situation on Monday night, um, had to go into the hospital, had cardiac arrest. Uh, there were reports that came out from multiple publications and guys like Ian Rappaport, uh, Mike Garofalo, um, Adam Schefter, all saying that uh, he opened his eyes today. He yep. wrote because he still can't speak yet, but he was writing, did we win? And the doctors said, you won the game of life. Uh, that's tremendous that's news. I, we're all so happy about that. So uh, just want to give a, a, a quick statement on that. For those that might not know the news, obviously you guys are busy with your own everyday life, but that was um, truly great news to see today. We saw it on the TV as we were finishing up the press conference with Casey Rogers today, but uh, just want to mention that real quickly. So excited that it looks like Demar Hamlin is, um, is feeling a lot better so good to see there
1: just completely remarkable how quick he's like coming back and just being able to write and like I think he was gripping like his family members hands just really touching stuff
0: yes a hundred percent and it was good to see as well um you know they spoke to T Higgins today obviously he was the receiver for the Bengals that was involved in in the play where Hamlin tackled uh T Higgins and Higgins said that he spoke to Hamlin's mom And um, Higgins is feeling pretty good himself because, you know, there's obviously uh, that's got to affect him Yeah, being involved in the play that, you know, became so serious. So um, good to see that Tamar Hamlin is is trending in the right direction. Good to see that uh, T Higgins is is in a good frame of mind considering um, the the seriousness of everything that went on in that game. So um, good to start the show with some positive news uh, on top of that. By the way, shout out to everyone in the chat. See Nathan in here saying hello to us. Hello to you, Nathan. Uh, Thanks for always being on the show. Uh, Francisco wants to start us to play. We'll talk plenty um, about that as well. Uh, Francisco also talking about Tamar Hamlin. Hopefully that uh, he will be in good spirits as well. Will be a long recovery, but as long as he recovers, that's what's most important. Um, Some other positive news that the Buccaneers had, not specifically with their current team, But there was news last night that one of the all-time great Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Rondé Barber, is once again a finalist for the NFL Hall of Fame. This would be the class of 2023. This is Rondé Barber's uh, third time, I believe, making it to the final cut. Now, uh, the NFL and their voting committee, they can pick up to five players, which... Um, you know, every single year there is—it's always tough to, to to make that top five. You're talking about some of the greatest players in the history of the game. Uh, so Barber's in there. Former Buck Darrell Revis, who played one season with the Bucks, did make a Pro Bowl. Um, he's yeah. in there. Reggie Wayne. There's a lot of uh, a lot of great players. But congrats to Rondé Barber. Um, hopefully, this is the year that he finally makes the Hall of Fame. He's absolutely deserving, Adam. I know he's a little bit before your time, but some of the stats that he has are absolutely incredible, like out of this world. For starters, this isn't a stat, but he essentially invented the nickel corner position. And it's a known commodity in today's NFL. When you're the inventor of like a new position in the NFL, that alone can kind of get you into the Hall of Fame. But he has the numbers to back it up too, with the amount of touchdowns he's had, the longevity. So hopefully this is Uh, the year for Rondé Barber.
1: I think he was the only player, Albert Breer uh, tweeted this out, the only player with over 25 sacks and 45 interceptions. I mean, we talk about like a player comparable on today's roster, Antoine Winfield Jr. He's kind of like a mini Rondé Barber in a way. Just the ability to play the nickel corner Uh, later in his career, Rondé was a safety and just being very versatile and always contributing something on the field. And it's awesome. And all 15 players that were named finalists, They all have a great case, but I think Rondé Barber, he definitely deserves to at least be one of the five.
0: I like that comparison to Antoine Winfield Jr. And it's very interesting because not specifically with Antoine Winfield Jr., but Logan Ryan, first-year player with the Bucs. I mean, he's been around the league for a long time, but his first season with the Bucs. I probably should have said that better. Um, He said that Rondé Barber is a guy that he looks up to. And I think if you ask a lot of veteran defensive backs that are – you know, up there in age, like I'm sure there's a lot more players that say, hey, yeah, I, I wanted my career to be like Rondé Barber's with the amount that he played, the success that he had winning a Super Bowl. So I think that's really important. And yeah, that's a great thing that you notice, the fact that Antoine Winfield Jr., he does a little bit of everything. You know, he obviously is pretty good in coverage. He got smoked a little bit by DJ Moore last game, but you can't just look at one game specifically. You have to look at the entire outlook of his very young career. He's a guy that can get interceptions, breaks passes up. He's great at the line of scrimmage. He can, yep. you know, he got a sack against Carolina, as you see on the screen right here. That was Antoine Winfield Jr. Taking down Sam Darnold. So he can do a little bit of everything. He's a very aggressive player. And, you know, Bucks are lucky. They still have him on a rookie contract. I would not be shocked uh, when he gets an extension anytime soon. It could happen. This off season. I'm not guaranteeing that. I'm just saying, like he, <laughs> the Bucks. The beauty of a great draft class is like, okay, you can churn these guys out, make them great players, like right away. The only downside is like, then you have to pay them the big money at that point, and the Bucks can ill afford to lose Antoine Winfield Jr. and Tristan Wirfs. But you yeah, know, that's that's more that's more stories and and complications down the road. I don't think either one is going going to be leaving the Bucks anytime soon if at all in their careers.
1: Yep, definitely agree with you on that one.
0: Uh Alien Macedon says Ronde Barber deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, without question. I really do think that this is the year that um uh, that, that that he makes it. Uh, Common sense talking about the Bucks scenario, I guess we should say for week 18. I'd rest the defense players before offensive players in my opinion. Players such as Vita Vea, Levante David, Akeem Hicks, Carlton Davis, maybe even Dean should be resident. say I totally get every point that you're making. I think what we have to remember is that this is not a preseason game where you have 80 guys on the roster. The Bucks have their 53. They can call a couple guys up from the practice squad. And, you know, but you only have a certain number of inactive players. So I think that's important to keep in mind um adam before we go any further i noticed when you walked into the building today uh, you had a drink in your hand if i'm not mistaken yeah Yeah. and i'm pretty sure that was a celsius energy drink because you rock with the celsius energy drinks the presenting sponsor of the pewter report podcast we have a an assortment of different flavors that you can find um, in a Celsius can. You got the Arctic peach and tropical vibes right there. You can go with uh, cucumber, lime, strawberry, kiwi, guava, a ton of awesome flavors over uh, at Celsius. And um, you can go to the store locator, punch in your address, find out where you can get a Celsius near you, your local Walmart, Target bodega, as I like to say, and everyone likes to get up in arms about. (laughs) Uh, Find it there, and then you can also order them online at Amazon. Do the subscribe and save, and, you know, you can have it set up to go to your house or apartment every one, two, or three weeks, quarterly, whatever you want. Um, Just have it, uh, cut out the middleman. Just have it go straight to your house or apartment. This is the healthy version of an energy drink. There are seven essential vitamins, zero sugar or preservatives, so you don't get you know, the crash, any of the, the post-energy drink jitters, just gives you that essential energy you need to get you through your day. So uh, make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. That is hashtag Celsius Live Fit, hashtag Celsius Energy. And uh, we absolutely love when you guys send us photos, videos, mostly photos of um, either drinking a Celsius Energy drink. Finding it at a, at a store. Maybe you're on a road trip. You see it somewhere. Um, we absolutely love when you guys send us those photos. So please continue to do so. All right, Adam. We got to talk about Bucks versus Falcons. A Week 18 game. Bucks are in. We know that. The only thing we don't know is who they're playing in the wild card round. Whether it will be the Eagles or the Cowboys. That depends on if the, if the Eagles win on Sunday, they clinch the NFC. They clinch the NFC East. They get a bye in the first round. That means the Bucks will play the Cowboys. If the Eagles lose and the Cowboys win, then the Bucs somehow are playing the Eagles in the first round of the playoffs, and the Cowboys get that bye and clinch the NFC and the NFC East. The funny thing is that whoever the Bucks play in the playoffs, they will play the division winner next season because that's how the schedule works out. We talked about that a little bit on uh, yesterday's show. But for the Bucks. In their immediate future, not too much to play for. And we're going to talk about all the different positions, uh, players that should go, maybe shouldn't go. We spent a lot of time yesterday talking about Tom Brady, Kyle Trask, Blaine Gabbert. So I gave my thoughts about it. Um, Scott Reynolds gave his thoughts about it. But Adam, you were on the show right here, right now. So I want to hear your opinion on what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should do at the quarterback position when they line up and play against the Falcons on Sunday at one o'clock.
1: Yeah. uh, That's been an area of much discussion. Now I listened to what both of you guys had to say yesterday. And I agree uh, that when Brady comes out, I think he should play a half. And then I think Trask, he should play the other half. And in doing so, I think that they should keep all the starting wide receivers, Evans, Godwin, Gage, maybe even Julio out there for the third quarter. And then in the final corner, Maybe you can substitute in like Devin Tompkins, Scotty Miller, guys like that. But give Trask the opportunity to develop a, rap, a rapport with some of the star-wide receivers because you don't know what the quarterback picture will look like for next season. So Trask, he should definitely get some meaningful snaps. And as much as I love Blaine Train, we all love Blaine Train. Yes. It's tr- it needs to be Kyle Trask, and he needs to show more of the ability to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, because it will be his first time getting meaningful game reps in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and that's what we really talked about is, what's the point of playing Kyle Trask if he's going to throw to just Scotty and, and Devin Tompkins, and he's got a third and fourth string offensive linemen blocking for him? I don't really think that does too much. Now, let me ask you, are you saying you want Brady to play half because – um, you know, it'll help them going into the playoffs? Or are you just saying, let Tom Brady play half because Tom's going to want to play anyway. And that's why he's going to be it.
1: I mean, Tom's going to want to play anyway. And he has some records, some uh, little milestones and incentives to play for as well. Uh, I was looking it up. He needs 12 more passing attempts to set the single season record for passing attempts at 728. He would beat out Matthew Stafford in 2012. But just be an NFL than- record. NFL record for a single season. Yeah. Like that's, that's remarkable at 45 to be throwing that many passes. Yeah. But more than just milestones and records, I think we need to see more of the offense get into a rhythm. And I really like the point of going no huddle in the first two quarters. If your starters, like if Brady's out there, two quarters, go up tempo, run more like no huddle offense and get points on the board quickly. So that when Trask is in, he has a favorable scenario to go in where they're up by two touchdowns. He can get comfortable and like develop and establish a rapport, like I said, with the wide receivers. So I definitely see Brady out there for a half because he, he's a competitive guy. He has a high work ethic. He wants mm-hmm. to overcome the adversity that the team has faced this season. So
0: yeah, I I said I want Tom to play a quarter or a half or whatever, only because I know that Tom is is going to force his way into the game one way or another. If I could choose, if I'm Todd Bowles and I have full authority to do whatever, whatever I want in terms of personnel, who plays, who doesn't, I wouldn't play Tom Brady at all. I yeah. totally, I totally get the, you know, wanting to end the season on the right foot, wanting to get some things together, um, heading in, in the right direction into the playoffs. But if you can't do that during practice, then maybe you just don't have a great chance of winning the playoffs in the first place. I don't see exactly what playing one quarter is going to do for the Bucks offense. And I understand they, they played very well last game, but I also think there's a couple of different factors that go into that. One, and the Panthers have a good defense. Don't get me wrong, but the Panthers, the way they schematically lined up against the Bucks, made absolutely no sense I'm extremely happy that Mike Evans balled out, and he balled out. He was the uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. But to play him one-on-one and only have a single high safety was just asinine by the Carolina Panthers. I don't think the Cowboys would do that. I don't think the Eagles would do that. I think a perfect example is when the Bucs played against the Bengals a couple of weeks ago. Everyone remembers they jumped out to that big lead, 17-3, to and they blew it in the second half. Mike Evans was balling in that first half. And then the, then the Bengals decided to say, hey, we're not going to let Mike Evans beat us. We're going to shade a safety over to his side every single time that he heads down the field. And what happened? Well, the Bucs turned it over a thousand times. That wasn't Mike Evans' fault. But even when, they, even when it was garbage time and they were going down the field late in the game, they weren't able to get the ball to Mike Evans. They finally tried to go with the fade pass in the end zone. I believe that was on the two-point conversion. And that didn't work because he had a safety to his side. So I understand getting that continuity together and why you would want to work on that. But again, I just I don't see too many other teams playing that same type of defense that the Panthers did. If anything, they would learn from what the Panthers did and say, hey, let's not do that. I think another thing that kind of makes it pointless in terms of, oh, let's have them play a quarter or only a half. The biggest issues that the Bucs have had this year, especially on offense, is situational football. Third and ones, you know, um, third downs in general, scoring in the red zone. And sure, you can get into the red zone in the first half and, and you'll have third and ones throughout the whole game. But there's a big difference when it's third and one and you have four minutes to go in the first quarter versus it's the fourth quarter. There's eight minutes to go, and you're down by seven. You need to score on this drive, or else the other team's going to get the ball and either run the clock out, or maybe you'll have a last-dash effort. I don't know if the Bucs are going to be in that situation if Tom Brady's not playing in the fourth quarter. So either play him the whole game, which I wouldn't advise for obvious reasons, or don't play him at all. There's only so many things you can learn. And, you know, Tom said today, oh, well, we're football players. We're here to play football. I get that. But you're here to win the big games. You're here to win the playoff games. All right? Yeah. So I get it. It's your job. But it's also Blake Average's job to play football. It's also Kyle Trask's job to play football. Give them a chance to play football. You can play it the rest of the time.
1: I just don't – he's not the type of guy that would just sit on the bench. And that's kind of the uh, problem of having a guy like Tom Brady. He's so competitive. He wants to be out there on the field. So I think they're kind of forced to play him, at least for a half. But I definitely get your point and i thought it was interesting that leftwich mentioned today that the offense they need to be more aggressive and yeah. like the deep ball connection between tom brady and mike evans allowed them to do so but they want it to continue in weeks to come and the only way to keep that aggressiveness going is with tom brady on the field making those throws
0: yeah that that's very true there there absolutely is a, a point to that Byron leftwich's press conference today was uh was different than it typically was. Now, Byron from time to time will say something out of nowhere where you're like, huh? Like the whole, yeah, that's an analytics thing. It's um there's it's true, but it doesn't mean anything, you know. Like yeah. Byron will give you that type of stuff. Byron seemed a little bit more relaxed today for whatever reason. Um, and he had a very interesting comment about the fact that. The Bucs have uh, not the, the like the Bucks. We're over-exaggerating everything. The Bucks haven't been that bad on offense. They're 12th in the league. They're 12th in the league in yards per game, not points per game. And that's yeah. the big issue has been the points per game. And, and the yards per in, game
1: come at the end of the games. Exactly. Like the fourth when fourth they're quarter. down. Yeah, yeah.
0: A lot of the garbage time situation. So I'm going to play that video in just a moment. First. Byron spoke about Tom Brady and Adam, you had mentioned that he could just break the NFL record. Tom also has an opportunity if he plays in this game and he will. Tom has an opportunity to also become the second highest passer in Bucks franchise history, which is wild because it's only his third season. Yeah. And uh, you know, you've had other quarterbacks that have been here for four, five, six seasons. So Brady's about to do that in three seasons. So, um, the first video I'll play is Byron talking about Tom Brady and just the greatness of Tom Brady. The next one is where Byron gets a little bit feisty about the, the criticism about the Bucs offense this year. Three, yeah.
2: <laughs> 40 something years, but to be number two and just be able to pull that off in three years. How amazing does that, does that tell you? I think it's shown seven? what we, what he's done since he's been here. Um, uh, I know we get a lot of slack for how this year turned out, but what we've done together has been unique. What he's done has been unique since he's been here. Uh, it just speaks for Tom, says who he is. Um, that's unreal, though. I got it. I didn't even know that myself. But to be able to do that in three years, it really shows you the success we've had the first couple years here, the success I know it looks bad to everybody, but I just can't. I think we're the 12th best offense in the league. Ain't that something? Yeah, he's Still got team. a long way to go, right? <laughs> long way to go, but it just says a lot about who he is and what he is and what he brings to the table, about all the guys around him, and what had what the historic pace he's really been playing at since he's been here.
1: Says a lot. lot. It
0: says a lot. Speaking of that, um, you know. Th- yeah, here's part two. Byron Leftwich saying. Our offense isn't as bad as everyone thinks. Uh,
2: When you have it. I think it's been moments where we haven't really been that bad. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you guys over-exaggerate because we look different. Uh, The numbers say we're not that far off. Uh, We're awful on third down and red zone. It's disappointing those two things Mm -hmm. for us as a team with who we have. But when you really listen to people talk about us, that's emotions talking. It's not really people that's watching us, watching us get better every week. Uh, for some reason, everybody wants to throw dirt on the Bucks, But we're not ready for people to throw dirt on us. There
0: you go. A walk-off from Byron yeah, Lefkowitz in that situation. that's the walk-off there. The first thing that jumped into my head when he said, uh, like, a lot of people want to throw dirt on the Bucks, but we're not ready to let people throw dirt on us – the first thing that popped in my head was the Geno Smith quote from earlier this season when he was playing well and he's in a post game on the field talking. And he said, a lot of people want to write me off, but I didn't write back. So I think that was like Byron Lefwich's version of that. But I don't think what he said is necessarily true. That maybe maybe we'll we've like, been
1: over-exaggerating the whole time about left which in his offense maybe he is where, just a, where have we over
0: exaggerated the fact that <laughs> they only score 17 points per game now compared to 30 yeah. points per game the year before if you want to say it's an emotional thing i mean yeah i bring energy and and stuff we both do when we're on this this game day show which we will be on on sunday when the bucks play the falcons but i think a lot of that is more frustration than emotions it's frustrating when you have a yeah. team that's still very talented that is doing less with more than a lot of the other teams around the league. I mean, he wants to say, yeah, well, the, the stats are actually show that we're pretty good. Again, you're only 12th and that's not with the points. The stats show that you have the worst rushing team in the league, despite having Leonard Fournette and Rashad White, who are both very talented running backs. And Rashad White has been a great breath of fresh air for the Bucks' run game, even as horrible as it's been so you know he doesn't bring up that stats and to your point going up tempo uh there they seem to only do well when they go up tempo so a lot of the things he said I appreciate like the comment and if you want to take shots at the media I'm all for it because like the media of course will um they'll give praise when praises do but they'll criticize very heavily as well when it comes to that type of situation so I'm all for players and coaches like calling other media out like, Hey, you were wrong about this. You were wrong about that, but I don't necessarily think we're wrong in that situation. Or am I just reading the situation incorrectly?
1: I, I don't think we as media members are wrong in that case at all. I think that left, which after one game of scoring 30 points, he might be feeling himself a little bit too much at the yeah. press conference. <laughs> but
0: yeah. Uh, Charlie says, what numbers are you looking at? Common sense. They says, uh, Poor Byron, Ben Leaper. This man is hilarious. Charlie with a my God. <laughs> all talk all the time. I still love Byron. I don't care what anyone else thinks. All right. Someone's in Byron Leftwich's corner. You're very uh Hey, it's a free country. <laughs> you can say that if you want. Nathan says Leftwich is a product of who you know and not what you know. Obviously, alluding a to good the point. fact that that Bruce Arians. Got him this opportunity again. And Byron did have play calling experience before that. He did it with Arizona, but it wasn't really that successful over there. Um Pushimi says, What about the run game? Yeah, we just brought that up. The fact that their running game stinks. All right. And I get it. There's no Ali Marpet. Um, you don't have Alex Cap any anymore. You lost Ryan Jensen. I get that. I get all yeah. of that. But to be one of the worst teams in the league at running the ball. And at one point you were on pace to be historically the worst running team in the league for a team that just won the division. I get their eight and eight, you know, but like, how did the Texans and Damian Pierce, we like him. Shout out to him. Like, yeah. How do the Texans have a better run game than, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? How do, what are some of the other worst teams out there? I know the Rams were like lower than the Bucks. I haven't, I haven't checked it. Um, I haven't checked it today, but, you know, the, the Bucs are still at the bottom. There are teams way worse than the Bucks that run the ball better than Tampa Bay. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's just crazy to see, Adam, it really is. And,
1: and just to compare, like, the Atlanta Falcons, like, spoke to Casey Rogers about it today. Yes. The Atlanta Falcons have 2,500 rushing yards in the season. The Bucs have half of that. They have 1,200, averaging 3.3 yards a carry. Now, you have two above-average running backs, I would say, and Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. And just the fact that they aren't able to consistently get yards and they just elect to run first-down runs up the middle, it, it's baffling. And it speaks to the play calling that Leftwich has done this year.
0: Yeah, let's uh, play that video from Casey Rogers talking about the Bucks, uh planning to stop the run against the, the Atlanta Falcons. This was just a great... Brilliant setup question by the the reporter that asked this.
1: What do you want to see out of your front seven personnel in stopping not only the run game but the, getting a consistent pass rush as well?
2: Well, the thing about them, the run game puts you on the heels for your pass rush because everybody's bracing to stop the run. Then all of a sudden you got to react to the pass, so that's going to naturally hurt you. And then the team last week and this team they give you a lot of problems because they run on third down, third and seven. The team last week, third and seven, they ran them. We were in a pass rush, and luckily we got them. But I'm just saying, it's that that problem will be here this week. Last week's team was hard headed about running the ball. This team is hard headed about running the ball. And this team has a little bit more quarterback run element to it, so that poses another problem. I think they average averaging like four, almost five yards to carry, which poses another problem. So we got some issues to deal with here Sunday at one. When you look at, at the Falcons draft.
0: Another thing to factor in and Casey Rogers also talked about this was the fact that, you know, when they played the Panthers the week before the Panthers ran for like over 300 yards against the lions uh, before they met up with the Bucs. and the bucks went in, well, they were the home team. So they went into their own stadium and completely shut down the run game for the, uh, for, for the Carolina Panthers. Now this week I think is a little bit different again because I wouldn't expect Vita Veya to play in this game, so it's really this team—you know, tail two cities, tail two halves—has been the case for the Bucks. It's a tail of two defensive tackles. When they have Vita Veya and Akeem Hicks in there, this is—I'm uh, not going to say like the 2020 Bucks and the 2021 Bucks defense that you would be lucky if you got two yards against them. You could still gain a little ground on the Bucks. But when one of them doesn't play, you can rip the Bucks' defense in the run game to shreds. Absolute yeah. shreds. Uh, but this week will be very telling. And I'm not going to hold too much stock into it because I don't think Vita Bay is going to play, and I would not be surprised if Keem Hicks is on a pitch count. But um, it's definitely another test for the Bucs to end the season, especially with Dallas, who likes to run the ball with Ezekiel Elliott and, and Tony Pollard, and Philly – who has you know the run option with Jalen Hurts obviously, and they have very talented running backs as well. So, uh, what are you looking to see out of the Bucks on defense there?
1: One point about the Falcons' offensive line, I was looking over like all the PFF grades, take them as you will, but the right side of their offensive line has been elite this season. Chris Lindstrom is arguably the best guard in football.
0: I like- liked him so much coming out of the draft.
1: He's been nearly perfect by any metric that you look at, and he should be an all pro this year. And then you also have uh, Caleb McGarry. He ranks fourth yeah. on the right side at the tackle position. So I'm looking for the Bucs to stop the run going that way. I mean, stopping the run in general, but also seeing younger guys. Casey Rogers spoke very highly of Logan Hall. Last week, he had 31% of the snaps, getting him out there on the field more if uh, Hicks and Vea don't play. That'll be huge. And just stopping the run in general.
0: Yeah, that's a great stat right there, uh, especially w- with the Falcons' offensive line. You want to run behind the guys that work best for you. The Bucks haven't always done that at times. You know, they go behind Gedeke and, and yeah, and Brandon Walton and guys like that when you have Tristan Wirfs on the other side when um, he was healthy. Now, this game, again, not totally meaningful for the Bucks, but you could make it a lot more meaningful um, if you bet on some of the players over at Underdog Fantasy with their Pick'em and Rivals games, this is technically a rivalry game. It's two divisional teams. It's the easiest way to get some action on the NFL, and that's using Underdog Fantasy. You just pick an over or under on your favorite or your least favorite player stats. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night, again, with the Pick'em or the uh, Rivals. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick-em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Even if you learn from Plant City Man, you know that that is a heck of a deal. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 using that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. T-E-R. You can, of course, use it um, not just for football. The football season, sadly, is winding down a little bit. No Thursday night football on tonight. Uh, but they have it for a ton of other sports. They got it for hockey and basketball. You know, they're not even in, like, the first quarter of their seasons, or they're close to yeah. it. I don't know. They both play 82 games, so you got a long way to go. You do and for, for Bucs fans
1: yeah. out there, shout out the Milwaukee Bucs, my hometown basketball team. There you go. Shout Beth the Giannis. Giannis. Bet the Giannis over on the points. He's been tearing it up lately. He's been on a roll, averaging like over forty points a game. Make sure you go. With him.
0: There you go. There you have it. Bet on Giannis to hit the over on his points, and then you just got to find uh, whatever opponent that he's playing against. Pick someone on that team as well. But yeah, the little tidbit from Adam right there watches the other box uh, quite often. So check out underdog fantasy. You can do golf as well too. When uh, when golf. I guess there's some going on right now, but, um, you know, the Masters, everything, we absolutely love that. All right, let's talk about some of the other position groups, Adam. Um, what players should play, what players should not, because that's kind of the main storyline um, of this game. I'll give you the choice since you gave that pick for everybody.
1: Oh, okay. You also- um
0: Offense or defense?
1: I was going to say offensive line. Okay.
0: Okay. So, obviously, the big thing – that we learned from practice today and being there the past couple of days, Donovan Smith has not practiced again. And, um, it doesn't look like he's going, to we'll see if he's out there tomorrow, but I, th- I truly think, and Donovan Smith is one of the toughest guys on this team. He's been through even worse injuries and has been able to play. I truly think he was hurting bad after he yeah. got injured in the, uh, he got injured in the 49ers game. He did not play. Am I getting this mixed up? No, he got injured in the Bengals game. He did not play against the Cardinals. And he came back to play against the Panthers. I think he only came back to play because this was an all or nothing game. Everything on the line. You win and you're in. And he was able to gut it out. So, listen, I know he struggled. He had a holding penalty. He hasn't been playing well. But I respect the fact that he was able to gut it out. With all of that said... Let him sit this week because yeah. I know Tristan Wards the best tackle on the Bucs, but you need your left tackle to show up in the postseason. Every team you're going to face has a good pass rusher when you get to the playoffs. And if they see a weak leak anywhere on the Bucks offensive line, they will attack that, especially out on the edge. So I think um I think Donovan Smith, let him sit, let Brandon Walton get in there. He started this season because of injury. Let Brandon Walton play. I think you keep all the other starters in, uh, Ryan Jen- well, not Ryan Jensen. I don't think Ryan Jensen going to play. Robert no. Haney, you let him go. Jack Mason, you let him play. Nick Leverett, let them all go. Tristan Worth's going to play as well. Now, in the second half, if you want to put in some of the other backups, if you want to get Luke Kedeki some reps, I'm fine with that. But offensive line outside of Donovan Smith, I think you kind of let the starters go.
1: Now, one interesting idea that Scott brought up a couple weeks ago was moving right tackle Tristan Wirfs to the left side. Something that they could try in the second half if they want to get creative is maybe put Luke Gedecky at right tackle. He played there in college, and then move Tristan Wirfs over to the left side and see how he handles that maybe. Uh, If they're moving guys around, bringing in backups, maybe they try some fun different things as well.
0: I respect the idea, but that is so, so... So risky to do. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Like you don't want to get them killed out there. And and Tristan Worth has said going to the other side, it's almost like using you know throwing with your opposite hand. And I think that would be tough because you have to practice that. You know, like mm-hmm. you can't just play right the whole time. You're practicing during the week at right tackle, and then in the game be like, hey, we're actually going to move you to left tackle now. You need reps in practice. And I don't think in this type of situation where he's only going to be play it for a half and then go back to playing right tackle for the playoffs. I don't think that serves anybody. Well, I respect the idea that you're going for now get at tackle. He's been playing the swing tackle. Now that um, Josh Wells is injured and, and won't be uh, available for the rest of the season. Unfortunately, as you said, he played tackle in college. Now, I don't know if he's big enough to play tackle in...
1: With the arms. I think the big yeah, thing is like his arm in length. the
0: NFL. But the only way you can learn is in this situation. I, I think it falls into what I mentioned with Werfs, though, is that you're playing guard the whole time. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're going to kick out to, to right tackle. That's a little yeah. bit tougher. What I will say, though, in defense of your theory slash option is... In the 2020 season, Ali Marpet was out with a concussion. And instead of just inserting a new starter at the left guard position, they actually moved Ryan Jensen to guard and they put AQ Shipley, who was on the, he's on the yeah. Pat McAfee show a lot. Uh, they moved AQ Aq Shipley in at center and they used Jensen at guard. And if, I'm sure a lot of Bucks fans will recall the infamous Ronald Jones, 99 yard touchdown happened uh, with a Hugh Shipley at center and Ryan Jensen at guard. So there, I think it's easier to move a guard to center and a center to guard than it is a guard to tackle or tackle to the other side. Uh, but I, I, I respect the thought process and I, I'm, how would you feel? I'm all for training camp next year. Let Tristan Wirfs go at left tackle. See what he can do because he played at Iowa and he's a cornerstone player for the Buccaneers that they want here for over a decade. If he's, and we all know he's a talented guy. Give him a whole training camp to practice at left tackle. Let him be your left tackle next season, and that'll help whoever the next quarterback is, whether it's next season or the year after. I mean, he's he's never going to leave this team if the Bucks play it right. So have him at your left tackle.
1: I mean, there's nothing to lose. When you look at the right tackle position, you have Tristan Wirfs, you have Lane Johnson, and then it's like a tier below. If you move Tristan Wirfs over to the left side, you know you have an elite left tackle. That is like the hardest position. And monetarily, like when you look at contracts, the highest paid offensive line position. If you can plug in that hole with a guy like Wirfs that you already have on the roster, and then maybe look at a different right tackle, if you move on from Donovan Smith, I think that would be a great idea and kind of see what some of the younger offensive linemen can do at that right tackle
0: position. Yeah. And to your point, the bucks, they have a lot of financial issues that they have to work through, uh, this off season. And, uh, at, at this moment at 4:40 on Thursday, I'm not here saying the bucks have to cut Donovan Smith, but I do see where he's got a big contract and the bucks need all the money that they can save. If you're going to move Tristan Wirfs to left tackle, it'd be a lot easier to either draft the right tackle or find a free agent right tackle for way less money than what they're paying Donovan Smith right now over at left tackle. I can see him being a uh, a cap casualty in that type of situation. Let's move to the running back position. Um, we already talked about quarterback. I think we all know where we stand there. Running back, you have, uh, Leonard Fournette, who's dealing with the List Frank injury, List Frank Lenny, as we're all calling him now. You have Rashad White, rookie, got a little banged up last game. If you remember, he was holding his arm or and his, his hand um, as the game went on, but was able to play. I think you sit Leonard Fournette. I don't think there's anything to prove with with Lenny. Let him heal up, rest up for uh, the playoffs. Let Rashad White be the top guy, and you know Keyshawn Vaughn. Let's remember, he started the playoff game last year against the Eagles, so Keyshawn Vaughn has experience getting a lot of reps. I want to see a fair amount of Rashad White. I want to see a lot of Keyshawn Vaughn, you know? Why not? Just get him some reps. Let him take a lot of the wear and tear. Tom Brady's played with him, so it's not an issue for Tom Brady. Um, That's how I would set up this situation for uh, the running backs.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it should be like a 60-40, maybe, White-Vaughn split. I mean, Vaughn looked good during training camp and even in like some of the preseason games, it's kind of sad that Julio Jones has more rushing yards in the season than Keyshawn Vaughn. I feel like he should have been a more utilized third option at running back. So it'd be good to see him out there. Like you said, take the wear and tear off of a guy like Leonard Fournette, who's been battling that list Frank injury for quite a while now. And also for uh, Rashad white now for Rashad white, he needs 34 more uh, rushing yards to reach 500 on the season and 44 more total yards to get 800 on the year. So a couple little milestones for him as well, and he's had a great rookie season.
0: Yeah, he really has. And he didn't really get the amount of reps and the starting and the the splitting of of both running backs. It didn't really truly come about until, I would say, like the Germany game. That was yeah, really the, the, the Rashad White arm. breakout game. Yeah, the angry run, stiff arm, and now... Leonard Fournette has one as well. So both running backs getting a stiff arm this year from Kyle Brandt of uh, Good Morning Football. Shout out, Kyle Brandt. So I think 500 is is very respectable considering the amount of playing time that he got and when he got it. So I think that would be super important. We're both on the same page for the running back room. So let's talk about the offensive weapon, the skill possession players uh, at wide receiver for the Buccaneers, there's a lot, a lot of things that go into this. Mike Evans, obviously, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, Julio Jones. Um, Adam, I went first with the running back, so uh, I'll let you go first with the wide receivers. What would be your game plan um, for the Bucs? Let's say what your game plan would be, not what Tampa Bay is going to do, what you predict they're going to do, what you would do in this situation.
1: So I think that the wide – yeah, the wide receiver plan would correlate with the quarterback plan. What they choose to do with the rotation at quarterback, I think would tie in well with the wide receivers. Now, I think that the starter, starting wide receivers should play the first three quarters. Definitely want to see Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage at some point with Kyle Trask. But also, Chris Godwin out there in the slot, he has some milestones as he well does. if you want to talk about the last game to play yes. for. Uh, what is he, 32 yards away from 1,000? And then... He needs nine more catches. I don't know if he'll get nine, but to reach uh, Keyshawn Johnson's all time record in 2001 of 106. But another wide receiver that I really want to see out there is Devin Tompkins and oh, see yeah. what he can do on offense, maybe in the slot role, kind of running some drag routes, like some deeper posts, because he has speed. Uh, all the teammates gush about his ability to jump, his vertical. I think it's 38 and a half inches. So yeah, seeing him out there. That is wild for a wide receiver. Like, he could almost dunk a fo- uh, dunk a basketball out there. So, definitely want to see him out there as well.
0: What I would do is I would play, and this is, this is in my scenario of Tom Brady doesn't play and it's just Kyle Trask the whole time. I would have Mike Evans play probably about until halftime, maybe just the first quarter, depending on how the chemistry looks. For everything you said about Chris Godwin, I... Would have Chris Godwin play, I think, until the third quarter, let him rack up the receptions, give him a couple of those, you know, sweep things like the the touch pass really where the quarterback is essentially a handoff, but it counts as a pass. Get that for Chris Godwin. Let him get to a thousand yards and take him out of the game. Russell Gage I'm playing the whole time because he's getting big money. He got that contract last year. He's coming off of, uh, you know, he's been back for a couple of weeks from that hamstring injury. And I think each week he's made a, maybe not a signature play, but an important play. Like he caught a ball on fourth down to keep a drive going last game. He's made some key receptions for the box. So let's see him be a, a number one receiver in this, you know, unique situation where some of the other guys aren't available. Julio Jones, I don't play him at all. No. Chronically, just too many injuries. He's dealing with an illness this week. The knee, it's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad. To your point, I want to see Devin Tompkins, let Scotty Miller get some shine, maybe throw in Rashad Perriman. Another guy that we're talking about in the locker room today that we haven't seen all season. And again, because it's a one game, you can kind of do what you want and then get back to what's been working for you. Play Tyler Johnson. You know, Tyler Johnson's on this team. He got cut earlier this year in training camp. They brought him back to the practice squad. Why not just kick the tires on tyler johnson see what you got with him there if he has a great game awesome then you can build on that for next season let tyler johnson go in and see if he can make a play or two all right i I don't think that's like the worst idea when it comes to because you got to play these receivers you want to keep them healthy rashad perryman i i don't really know why he's on this team you know he had the he had the touchdown catch against the um the saints in week two outside of that he hasn't that's really his been That's one available. catch of the year that exactly. he has. Exactly. I, I'd, I'd much rather see Tyler Johnson out there, a guy that you could keep on this team as potentially a third or fourth receiver for depth. I would much rather see Tyler Johnson and what uh, they have going on there. Before we talk about the tight end position, I do want to talk to everybody about pin chasers. And that's where you should be going if you are, Bowling, head over to Pin There are multiple locations uh, in various areas, including one pretty close to the Advent Hell Training Center where the Bucks have their uh, practice facility. It's a fun night out with friends and family. Um, They have great deals, like literally every single day. All you can eat pizza, all you can bowl, dollar beers, ton of great deals there. They got brunch on the weekends. The food's very underrated. If you have a kid and you want to book a birthday party there, you can do that. As well, they got a video game area, arcade, so kids can play video games. They could do some bowling. Parents can hang out. There's, you know, the food area. They they have a bar as well for the adults, obviously, not the kids. Please uh, drink responsibly if you're 21 and over. Um, so, yeah, a great time out with friends and family over at Pinchasers. Take advantage of the brunch on the weekend. Um, that's definitely a nice little caveat that not every bowling alley has. And see what deal works best for you over at pin chasers go to Pinchasers.net for all the deals they have in store for you tight end position adam oh sorry go ahead looks like you want to say something
1: yeah uh just a couple notes based on what you said about the receivers uh julio jones when we talk about him not playing which he shouldn't play this week they signed him for the playoffs so as much as it would be cool to see him go up against his former team they need him for the playoffs they need him healthy because he needs to be that third receiver
0: yeah, and at that point, it's like, who cares? The Falcons aren't making the playoffs. It's two years removed since he's played, yeah. uh, you know, in Atlanta. I get this probably his first time back there since, uh, you know, since leaving the team. I understand that aspect of it, but I don't know. The Bucks have more important things to deal with. But I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not. I'm not shutting it down.
1: Yeah, and then with Tyler Johnson, now I thought he would have made the roster over Scotty Miller or Bashad Perryman because he. We talk about Keyshawn Vaughn having a good training camp. He had a really good training camp, and he was like the primary receiver in the preseason games. So definitely want to see more out of him as
0: well. Shout out to Emily in the chat. She says, hi, everyone. I'm actually excited to see some of our players that we don't normally see this Sunday. I also hope it's not a mistake to play TB12 at all in this game. I do think Tom Brady, I appreciate the comment, Emily. And I'm with you. I, I, I want to see some of the guys that don't normally get to play. Let's see them in a real NFL game, a regular season game. You know, Tom Brady, he made a good point of like, you know, you could look at everything in hindsight. You could be like, oh, should we have played? Should we have not played? They referenced uh, the fact that Julian Edelman got hurt in the last week of the season and kind of derailed them. And he's like, I've been on teams where we were good and then we failed in the playoffs. I was on teams that were up and coming and we excelled in the playoffs. I was on teams that were great and we stayed great in the playoffs. So, You know, I I don't. I don't think there's an exact science to really, to really all of this. So I understand why Brady, you know, wants to play, and, and, um, but it it is one thing. It's like, oh well, we can play, and you don't get hurt, or blah blah blah. If you do get hurt and you're out for the playoffs, the Bucks are not going to the Super Bowl, (laughs) as much as we love playing. Now, if Tom Brady gets hurt in the divisional round and Blaine Gabbard has to play the NFC Championship game and then Brady's available for the Super Bowl. I can see Blaine winning one game. He's going to play go, Nick
1: Foles and go crazy.
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the hero that we all need. Um, tight end position, Adam. I don't know. Anything specifically. I, I think Kate, I think all rookies should play, really. So Kate Otten should play. Um, yeah. We'll see what's Maybe up. Maybe
1: Keith to more tight end packages. Yeah. Definitely want to see Kyle Rudolph out there. I mean, we signed him. And the only thing he really does is run, like, by himself in, tr- in practice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for the Bucs at, t- at the tight end position, probably just Kate Otten.
0: Right. Uh, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. I think defensive tackle is really one that I'm probably most excited for is the fact that on the defensive line, you rotate guys anyway, so you do get to see some of Logan Hall. You get to see some of Pat O'Connor. Deidre Sanat is another guy, and you don't see them a ton because of Akeem Hicks and, and Vita Vea and Will Golston, but I think it's the perfect opportunity where you can get Logan Hall 55% of the snaps versus the 35 to 25 that he typically gets. I think it's a cool opportunity for Deidre Sanat that has not seen as much playing time that he did Earlier in the year, they're, they're not going to play Vita Vea. They're just not, they're not going to risk that with the calf injury, with the fact that they clinched everything, and that again, it's different with Brady taking him out, bringing a quarterback that hasn't played all year long. All of these other players have played all year long, so I want to see a lot of Logan Hall. I want to see a good amount of Pat O'Connor. If you want to rest Will Golston. that's totally fine. Uh, Casey Rogers, the Bucks' co-defensive coordinator, had a great point about. That not many people are talking about Will Golson, but he does literally everything that is asked of him. And not that's not just coach talk for like, oh, hey, like he's all right. He said that he would be playing more, but they play so much like nickel and, and things of that nature that Akeem Hicks and B. DeVay aren't coming off the field. So it's Will Golson that kind of suffers from it. But I want to see the young guys get a lot of opportunities in this game because this is a great chance for Logan Hall to – to really show what he's about, you know, he's another guy that started out looking pretty good, had some great pass rushing moves. And then, you know, as the season went on, it's kind of tapered off a bit. I think it's a really great opportunity for Logan Hall.
1: Definitely agree with you on that one. And I want to see the, the agents to start at uh defensive tackle. He in limited snaps has looked really good and he had his first career sack. He rates really highly. And just giving him an opportunity, I think, would be very worthwhile. And then also mix in, we want to see some Nacho as well.
0: Oh yeah, gotta gotta see Nacho, of course, the fan yeah. favorite. Outside linebacker is another tough one because for the last three weeks, Anthony Nelson and Joe shanka have just been putting the the room on their backs, and not even—I mean, Anthony Nelson has played fantastic. We've all seen the games, the sacks that he's had recently, the strip sack on Sam Darnold. He's also doing it out of necessity because it's just him and Joe tryon Uh Carl Nassib has missed the past couple of weeks. Um, Jannard Avery is on injured reserve. I just want to give like a round of applause and a shout-out to what they've been able to do with all these guys out. Now, it looks like Carl Nassib, he was limited in practice yesterday. The injury report just came out right now um let's see let's see um uh, Carl Nassib was limited again so I think there's a, a chance that Carl Nassib plays this week which I think would help one gives him some reps and two um it gives the other guys a break for what they've really done but I don't know how much jockeying and positioning the Bucks can do defensively here just because they don't have enough guys in the room
1: yeah I think uh, the Bucks would probably sign an au- outside linebacker off the practice squad and try to get him some reps as well. I think, uh, was it Gilbert that they signed? Ulysses Gilbert?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Maybe a guy like him, bringing him on, getting him some snaps, and give Joe Trianchoenka and Anthony Nelson some rest. Even though Anthony Nelson, we spoke to Casey Rogers, he's impressed.
0: Yes, he like, has.
1: The past few games. So,
0: Inside linebacker is another tough one. Devin White and Levante David have played the whole time, like every single snap of every single game of the season. Devin White missed like two, two, not Devin White, sorry. Levante David missed like two or three snaps on the Thursday night game against the Ravens, and they brought in Ola Kunle Farukasi, who is not on the team. Um, they obviously have K.J. Britt back. I would like to see K.J. Britt in like a fourth quarter type of situation. They also have J.J. Russell on the uh, practice squad that they've called up before. I would like to see KJ Britt see what he can do as an inside linebacker. I just don't know exactly when they would go about doing it.
1: For the Bucs in like terms of total tackles, it goes 127, I think, for Levante David, Devin White at 122, and then I think Mike Edwards is third at 82. Wow. Just like going to show how much they've been on the field and how much that the Bucks defense has had to rely on them to make tackles and make plays
0: before we talk about the secondary, which I think is probably one of the most interesting options that we could talk about in this uh, scenario here. before we get into that, and you know playing your playing your starters in week 18 when you have nothing to play for, uh, it's definitely a little bit of a risk. you could also say it's a gamble. I like to do my gambling over at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. Hi, my name is Tara, and I won over $500,000 playing slot.
2: I do this full time, and I would not change it for the world.
1: I'm Gloria. I won over two million dollars at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry.
2: <laughs> my name is Mike, and I won over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it is different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes.
0: <laughs> my name is Philip and I won 215000 on Blazing Sevens.
2: Putting my last $4 on the table, next thing you
0: know, BAM! 215000 jackpot. I
2: hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life.
1: You only live once. Have fun
0: with it. Right.
2: Anybody can win. It's Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa.
0: on over to the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa and start winning big. Play the slots, play some blackjack, roulette, whatever it is. Just uh, make sure you check it out. Awesome time and uh, great memorabilia over there as well. All right, Adam, the secondary. You have Carlton Davis that didn't practice again, missed Sunday's game. Jamel Dean just returned from a toe injury. Uh, There's been things going on with the safeties as well. We could all package it together, just talk about the secondary, the defensive backs. Uh, Where are you going in this direction with the entire Bucs secondary heading into Week 18?
1: Yeah, with the entire Bucs secondary, I think it kind of goes to the point that you made, they only have a 53-man roster. They don't have, like, all the personnel in the world to say, hey, we're going to sit every single one of them down. So I think at some point, like, all the starters... We'll play. Maybe you sit out Jamel Dean because he's been battling an illness. Carlton Davis, maybe give him some snaps. I don't think he'll play the whole game. But otherwise, I see Keanu Neal, Logan Ryan, Antoine Winfield out there, maybe some. Maybe sprinkle in a guy like Nolan Turner, yeah. who he's been kind of up and down between the practice squad and active roster. Also, maybe give a chance for Zion McCollum back on the outside as a rookie. Um, he has a height he just needs more experience and kind of gained some experience tackling as well, an area that he struggled in. And then maybe another guy like B Delaney, but they'll probably all play
0: right. Carlton. I think is the one where I think they might just sit him out right away. Didn't play last week. Uh, Kevin O'Donnell was talking to him. I was talking to him as well. He wants to play. He said, he's feeling better every single day and he wants to play. But again, you have to weigh the, the risk reward. Jamel Dean, again, coming off that toe injury. He was wearing a mask today, um, so he could be under the weather. He's a guy that I think I would play, like, up until halftime and then say, all right, good job, like, get out of there. I would love to see a lot of Sean Murphy bunting. He's obviously played fantastic the last couple weeks, especially on Sunday when it mattered most. Zion McCollum, he's had his growing pains, but I think this is an awesome, awesome learning experience for him. If he could get a full game as the starter – not too much pressure on him, really just learning about how to be a corner in this game. And obviously he'll still have his gunner role on uh, special teams on the punt team uh, and punt coverage with that. So I would love to see the two of them there. Antoine Winfield Jr. Worries me a little bit because he's dealt with concussion issues this year. He's dealt with the high ankle sprain. He's obviously not a hundred percent. And because he is just a high-flying guy that goes all that, and I respect, I appreciate it, I know Bucks fans admire it, I feel like he's a little bit more susceptible to get injured than some of the other guys, just with his style of play. I'm not asking him to play any type of way differently. I'm just saying if they could sit him out, a guy that's been injured, been able to come back, been in and out of the lineup, let him sit this week. When you have the safety, kind of like defensive tackle, I think, for the Bucs. You have a lot of really good depth. You know, Keanu Neal, when Antoine Winfield Jr. came back, Keanu Neal, like, doesn't really play anymore. And I understand why. I'm not questioning the decision by the coaches there. I just think, all right, this is a great opportunity for a veteran guy to play a a whole game. And he's made some splash plays this year, especially towards the end of the season when Winfield was out. Yeah, that he
1: had on uh, Taysom Hill. In the Saints game.
0: Yeah, exa- exactly. So, yeah, that saved the game right there for the Bucs. Yeah. They don't get the ball back, and Tom Brady doesn't make that comeback if Keanu O'Neill doesn't make that hit. So I see a great situation where you can go Keanu O'Neill and Mike Edwards, or you can go Keanu O'Neill and Logan Ryan. Obviously, Ryan's coming off an injury a couple weeks ago. Edwards been on the injury report with the hamstring. And – I would really like to see Nolan Turner again. Give these guys yeah. an opportunity when it doesn't hurt the team one way or the other. Let some of the guys play. Let them rest. Let them get their incentives, their bonuses. It's a little bit different on defense because you can't like force feed a guy getting the ball or making a tackle in that type of situation. But there's probably a couple of guys that have incentives like games played and, and certain like amount of starts and things like that let them get their incentives, let them fill their quotas, whatever it is, put money in their pocket. You know, I don't think anyone would take umbrage with that. And then get some of the young guys an opportunity. So that that's how I would go about it.
1: I want your input on the safety room. I guess yeah. we haven't really talked about just how well or how well they position themselves among the rest of the NFL. Do you think the Bucks' safety room is near the top of the NFL? Just in terms of, they have four starting safeties. You could argue, and Neil Ryan, Edwards, and Winfield. Where do you think they rank in terms of, like, league-wide?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't, off the top of my head, I I don't.
1: I don't see a safety room that's really better. I
0: don't. Depth-wise, I think it would be yeah. tough to to battle with the Bucks. I don't know every single team's safeties off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think they have the best in the NFC South, <laughs> I don't think there's much of a question there. Arguably the best in the NFC, but there I like j- again just kind of off the dome, off the just thinking right now, thinking out loud, I would say at least like top 5 without question. Field Jr is the I think the catalyst. The piece. Yeah, yeah. In, in all of it. Because if you take him out, look, I would say the Bucks were here's a here's a probably a, a better debate is were the Bucs better last year when you had Antoine Winfield Jr., Mike Edwards, and Jordan Whitehead versus having Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, Mike Edwards as a starter, but the depth with Keanu Neal and Logan Ryan, where the Bucks they kind of had like Andrew Adams and that was about it. Because uh, you miss a big piece with Jordan Whitehead, but... You have a lot more depth with the guys that you have this year. I think that's a really good question. But for this year's team, the 2022, now 2023 version of the Bucks at safety, top five in the league.
1: Yeah. What and I think uh, what, what you miss in Jordan Whitehead, you get the veteran experience in a guy like Logan Ryan. And I don't think we fully grasp his impact and uh, just what he brings to the team in terms of leadership and communication, especially for a Todd Bowles defense that, prides itself on those regards.
0: That's true. Todd Bowles loves his safeties too. He wants uh, as many safeties as he possibly can get. Charlie Abraham says, I miss Jordan Whitehead. Common Sensei says, uh, Mike Edwards is overrated, but it's definitely above average. Yeah, I think, Mike, I mean, the interceptions have come down a little bit um, because now that he's playing a lot more. um, But yeah, it's, it's, we'll see. Common Sensei also says, without... Winfield, it's poor, seriously, especially Edwards. I think Edwards has been fine. Uh, I don't think yeah. like, I don't think he's been that bad. Uh, John V says, can't believe I'm saying this, but wouldn't mind seeing Antoine Winfield Jr. slide back to free safety and SMB get some burn at nickel. Just feel Antoine Winfield Jr. much better free safety than nickel. I I, I think again we got to look at it. He didn't play his best against the Panthers, and DJ Moore beat him on a couple of plays. I think Todd Bowles had a great point though. He's like, listen, you play 60 plays, you could be great for 56 of them, but there's four plays where you screw up, and that's what like everyone notices. Um, Emily says Logan Ryan has made a big difference. He absolutely has. Logan Ryan has probably been the best free agent signing that the Bucks have had this year. They haven't had a oh, lot so of great, yeah, not a lot of great free agent signings, but I think Logan Ryan is um up there at the top. Hey, guys, uh, we're about to wrap it up for today's show. But don't you worry, we have another one coming up this Sunday. It'll start off with the Celsius Pewter Report Tailgate Show presented by Age Rejuvenation and live at the Walk-Ons in Wesley Chapel. That will start over at 11 o'clock with uh, Scott Reynolds, J.C. Allen, Bailey Adams, John Gilmore, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and then uh, myself and Adam. On today's show, uh, we will be doing the Pewter Game Day show live at kickoff at one o'clock, giving our reactions, analysis, insight. Uh, after you know, talking to the players and coaches this week, seeing what they implement into the game plan, seeing who is playing in this one. And uh, it's always a fun time whether they win or lose. This game, it'll be a lot of fun to see what younger players, what rookies, what uh non-starters get to go in this one. So the tailgate shows at 11 o'clock and the uh, game day show starts at one o'clock all on Sunday for Bucks Falcons. And one last thing before we head out, if you like our coverage on our YouTube channel and uh, our social media and our website, obviously you can follow us on our social media at Pewter Report on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you like the podcast, if you like the videos and clips that we put out, um, just do us a favor, hit subscribe, hit that like button. We're really trying to get to 10,000 followers. We're a little over 100 away from 10,000 subscribers. would mean a lot to us if we can get to that by the end of the season, which hopefully the Bucks still have like another month of football to go. That would be uh, really nice. But if you guys could do that, it's absolutely free. Just lets you know when we come out with new content, we would greatly Uh, Appreciate that. So thank you to everybody in the comments today. Great participation as always to all of you guys in there. Emily, Charlie, Common Sensei, Nathan was in there as well. John V, uh, a couple others as well. Shout out to all you guys. Really appreciate it. So for Adam, I'm Matt saying thanks everybody for watching. We will see you on Sunday for another another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out. Have a good weekend.